They're the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. Welcome back to another edition of the 1215 Club. It is my Ariel here in the mic, joined as always by Dylan the Graphics Guy, Marvin the Prince, Eric the Big German. We had a big week here on the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, unfortunately, we came away with our fourth straight Emmys loss, or as Dan likes to call it, we just didn't win for the fourth straight year. Uh, we put on a show, which was a lot of fun. Um, everybody was involved. What were your guys' takeaways from it, Bill? Well, it's a long day, um, yeah. actual day of the Emmys. <clears throat> um, but I thought it went. I thought it went pretty well, and obviously, you sort of drove the boat on that. But it's like it's funny doing that versus like the show every day because it's literally just like you know compressing all this stuff into what ends up being like forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a lot of running around. But I definitely think the tone was more upbeat than last year. Like after the after taking the L. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why there was like, uh, for me personally, I, I was not expecting to win this year. And I think after last year, there was so much build up to it. Uh, like having the first time that we were doing the Emmy show, that everybody was like, we put on this big show to lose where this year, I think it was like, all right, we put on this big show just to have fun. And everybody was just happy with just that having fun aspect of it. And then if we would have won, that would have been a plus, but. It seemed like nobody was really too beat up about it, Marv. Yeah, this year, honestly, I was a little more bummed this year. I don't know why. Maybe because it was just one of those things where I was thinking to myself, all right, this has got to be it. Fourth mm-hmm. year. And on top of that, like just selfishly, I saw my name on the nomination list. Mm-hmm. To me, that was already like big. We're not, you know a big time network or anything like that. It's just, we didn't have 200 people on our nomination yeah. list. You know, it was, you know, 12, 13 of us. And so I felt good about it. I did think we were going to win wishful thinking, but you know, I, I felt good about it though. Eric. Yeah. So I've been involved in all four Emmy projects. The first two years uh, was lucky enough to go to the Emmys in person the first year was a huge letdown because it was really exciting to be there. And like, it was the first time and then you lose the second year. I was not expecting to win because I had already gone through it. Although then as you know, as it starts getting your category, you start thinking in your head, well, you know, I don't know. Um, but we already had plans. Like as soon as we were like the third or fourth category, and then we were going to go to dinner, win or lose. Mm-hmm. So we already had a reservation. Like we were ready to go last year. I think had the big, I had the most hope for, and, and I think partially, partially because we had the new studio in 2019 mm-hmm. um you know we we added more production value we had a steady cam uh, we were doing uh, we were on the road we had a couple of big road shows in 2019 yep. um so i was like all right you know this is kind of our year and then during the ceremony you know it was during covid and we had we were independent and we all were kind of just like all in and it was like this really big moment um and and so i was really let down last year um, this year um, selfishly, I wanted to win the most because I was listed as a director, but mm-hmm. I didn't have the most hopes. But one thing I did want to bring up, um, let me uh, let me just say, the reason I don't think we had 
I had the highest hopes is just because our reel was five of the same clips because there was no traveling. Mm-hmm. We were always here in the studio. Mm-hmm. So we were not relying on the fanciest equipment, the highest end graphics, the biggest budget. We were relying on content, which in theory should win. But the people who vote on the Emmys are people who work in TV. And so they will pay attention to those types of, of little technical things. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I, I didn't really have the highest hopes. But again, selfishly, I wanted because I was listed as a director. And I think, you know, it's such a smaller crew now um, that it would be great and still would be great to, to win in the future. But um, it's interesting, you know, the Emmys. So I was working with um, Justine Gubar, who's um, she is the executive director of the sports Emmys or somewhere along that. She runs the sports Emmys. And we were working with her because we, we had a, done a little piece. It was only like a minute long piece. Yeah. Um, but it was basically supposed to show like, you know, we take it serious because everyone else is just home. Right. Or maybe in a studio, just like an executive or something, nothing big. And we throw this live party and like do this whole special. Um, and so we shut this video, but like the whole time she's like, Oh, we don't know if you win, blah, blah, blah. And it was funny because when we were talking to her, we kind of said, you know, hey, if we win, we'll send you another clip of like what our celebration was like when we won. And of course, we didn't win. And then she sends an email and she's like, hey, still waiting on that second clip. But I was like, yeah, but we didn't win. Uh, so that was kind of funny. Like, you know, we're like, well, do we want to show her? Like, you know, it's just kind of us sitting around having a course light and then cleaning up and going home or. So. Yeah. But it's just kind of weird because like they partnered with us and I like that was the only thing I was like, well, maybe they know that we won because like, why would you show a video of a loser in your thing? But apparently I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, they only benefit from us. I don't even know if it's continuing to lose or they only benefit from us being in the category because we've brought this extra content. I mean, we had like 50,000 people watching at one point or we 50,000 people watched the show. Um, I don't know how many people watch the sports semis, but even looking at the clip of them announcing the sports center one compared to like the other ones on their Twitter, they were getting blown up and they were pretty much 99% of them were Dan Patrick show fans, you know, mad at us not winning. Um, Eric, I had a question about like the technical side versus the content side, which one do they value more when they're voting on a sports Emmy? It's hard to say. I mean, it's kind of beauty in the eye of the beholder. I voted for the last four years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's not on our category. You're not eligible to uh, to vote in a category. Uh, I was going to say. You're, I you're nominated. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so, you know, for me, I, I look at the whole picture, right? I mean, obviously, um, the show exists because it has great content. But, you know, in a lot of ways, you also have to execute well, right? And And you know, it's not that we don't execute well. It's just, you know, our control room is 50, almost 20 year old equipment that I borrowed from my alma mater. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've directed other stuff. I've won awards as a director for other shows, but not a three hour live studio talk show. Dylan never built graphics before. Tyler never ran audio before. Weeks had never run a steady cam before he'd run other cameras, but it's not to say that all of us here don't have some experience, but not in this particular role. So, um, you know, I think we rely a little bit more on, in terms of our sports, I mean, on the content than we do um, on kind of the technical and, and production value execution than, 
you know, other shows. But the reality is like, you know, Dylan, you were talking about earlier about how different the sports Emmy show is than the regular uh, 9 a.m. to noon DP show. And it's because, you know, we have a, a full rundown. You know, it's item A270 is this, right? And it this graphic and this piece of sound and this tape element or this graphic, you know, whatever. And so um, DP show, I mean, we're just following along. It's a radio show that happens to be on TV. And that's it right so um so it is very different that the all of those shows that we were up against they have a very detailed rundown mm-hmm. um so they're able to spend a little more time okay you know item starting in the c block we're going to do a special piece about you know this baseball player and we're going to cut together a highlights reel and do a effects pass and all this stuff that adds production value i don't know if people at home notice it and it's hard for me to be um I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys all work in the business too, but like I notice those things when I watch TV um, and I think Emmy's voters do too, right? Cause they all work yeah. in the business. So um, I guess that's a really, really long way to answer Mario. I think we rely more on the content than the execution part. And I think that voters notice probably 50, 50. Okay. That's fair. Cause a lot of people were like, you know, calling out the, the fact that uh, sports center and I know they're, a pol- DP show apologist, so they're going to obviously be uh, defending us. But they were calling out the fact that Sports Center and us are not really even the same show. Where Sports Center is like a highlight show, thirty minutes. The same thing with like a NFL All Access, where you're kind of thirty minutes there, and we're a three-hour show, and we don't really do highlights or any of that. Um, so I think our fans were a little confused as to why we were even in the same category as shows like that. Eric. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a push and and I even talked to the Emmys about it um during the year last year cuz you're right it's it's comparing apples and oranges, right? I mean, you know, budgets, you know, they could be talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars that's put into a 30-minute show and you know, we might not spend that in a month, you know, um or more multiple months, you know, um and so you know the budgets are very different the the format is very different i think that um you know it's not as though we are the only show that's in this format right i mean the mm-hmm. the radio on tv simulcast um show is is definitely you know replicated and there's a lot of them out there so there is competition um but for whatever reason they elected not to add a new category so I mean, you know, you can go through the categories. You know, we applied for two categories. We applied for the studio host and, and for the studio show daily. Um, and so, you know, there's other things. You can go for graphics. You can go for art art direction. You can go for editing. You can go for camera work. You can go for technical side. Like, there's a lot of things you can go for. I think these two that we went for are the most appropriate for the show. But that's not to say we might not go for you know, digital short if we decide this year that we want to get into it. Yeah. Um, my other question uh, around the Emmys is you think this will be our last Emmys watch party because we were only really doing this uh, because it was a virtual thing where, in the, you know, as you mentioned before in the past, it's always been in person. Um, so if we do get em- uh, nominated next year, do you think it's like, Oh, we want to go attend this or we're just going to stay you know, here and do the watch party. I think we're going to be in a big predicament because I think the Emmys like the fact that we do the show. I think it gives them a bigger audience and a bigger mm-hmm. platform. 
maybe not necessarily with the outcome is what they want. Um, but at least we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that they would want at least Dan to be there to accept the award if we won. And of course we probably wouldn't do a watch party without Dan. So I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think we're going to be in a big predicament. I think there's going to be a push to try to do both. And I don't know how we're going to accomplish it. This one's for uh, you guys, uh, Marv and Dylan. Marv, last year you were on air, and uh, this year got relegated a bit. Uh, was that something that that uh, bothered you at all, or did you think about it? What was your mindset now that this year you were just, uh, you know, as a utility, participating in the show as a utility instead of on air? Oh, no, I was fine with it. If you guys brought somebody in that we didn't know, that we never worked with before, Mm-hmm. Then I would have been like, man, WTF, man. I thought I did good last year. But it was Dan G. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't sulk. I was happy to be there, happy to be nominated and be a part of the show. So no issues on this side. Dylan, do you wish uh, you do the graphics for it usually? Is there a, a part of it where you'd like to participate more or have more say in a certain thing or kind of learn a different aspect of that type of show? Because like Eric pointed to um, or alluded to, that show is a lot different than the show we do Monday through Friday here. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more programmed. So I basically like in the rundown, I just sort of have a corresponding number and do the put plug the graphic in. I feel like it's a more that there's like less. I mean, I guess you could do more stuff graphically, but it's more like it's a lot of like clips, like past clips and stuff like stuff, you know stuff from the show that may already have some previous graphics in. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I was gunning for Mark's job from last year. I got, uh, I think I got shafted by um, <laughs> someone in this room. I won't say who, <clears throat> um, but no, I think it was a good time. And there was actually a silver lining to losing because they got my name wrong on the Emmy sheet of the, uh, you know, all the employees of the show. They actually put my last name as my first name. Um, and then Paul suggested or demanded that if we win, I should legally change my name to that because why would you want to live in the past as a non-Emmy winner? So I did sort of dodge that bullet because I probably would have done it. <laughs> I wouldn't put that past you. You're, you are uh, that free of a person that you very much would you know, have done. Switch, switch it up for a little bit. <laughs> Eric, you leaning in to say something? Yeah, I think your family would be very proud of you for one moment in time. Uh, where you win an Emmy, and then the next day when you file to change your name illegally, they might be disappointed. Yeah, I'm out, guys. It's been fun. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, I don't just them knowing my uh, history. I don't think it would surprise them in the slightest. Yeah, well, Emmy's week was fun. We had a good time putting on the show. Uh, if you guys watch, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we always appreciate the interaction and. You know, although the Emmys may not appreciate it, we appreciate all the support and uh, kind of badgering you gave them for us not winning. Um, This didn't happen on the show, but we got an email, or Eric, you got an email from uh, Paul, and it was ranking all the backroom guys uh, if we were to do another AUAA. So how did that even come about? Was it random? What happened there? So today during the show... Paul texts me, says, I'm doing open draft rankings. How do I rank Rob Weeks, A-U-A-A? That's verbatim what I got. So I, I responded. I said, Weeks puts in a lot of effort, but is not a good shooter. 
Mm-hmm. Rob is a better shooter, but too small to make a difference. Okay. That was what I sent Paul. And then maybe 45 minutes later, I received an email that ranks us. I don't know if we want to go line by line or how you want to play this, but um, there's some interesting things. Okay. Uh, let's just go. Let's go line by line and then we'll react to it. So the thing that I don't understand here is that he included Andrew and Seton, but not himself and Todd. Eric? So he told me that he's officially retired from the AUAA, and so he will not be participating. I did not notice uh, when I spoke with him earlier that Todd was off the list. Oh, no. I think Todd Todd is there. Todd is in there. Excuse me. I was looking for Todd and not Fritzy. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Yeah. So uh, can't help that one. But uh, yeah. So... That's why he's retired and uh, he's not in. What do you? Why do you guys think he's retired? Anybody want to make it a, a rash assumption there, uh, Eric? I think that he doesn't want to be embarrassed. I think that um, he has, um, you know, he has his disability with his eye uh, being blind in one eye, and I don't think that he's particularly athletic. I think his biggest accomplishment athletically is something to do with archery. Yeah, um, and so. I think that he, for his brand, it would be better that he was, you know, whether he was the official color commentator of the league and he thinks his value might be better there. Um, I think he did it for the first year just to be a good team player. But, I mean, he started that campaign, I think, during the preseason games, he was saying that he was going to retire at the end of the season. So, um, you know, I, it's, I think basically he doesn't want to be embarrassed. He's not, he's not super athletic. He knows a lot about athletics. Yeah, and and sports history and all that stuff, and is good at his job for DP show. But in terms of actually executing and putting a ball in a basket, he's not super talented. He did tell you that he would rank himself ahead of me, though, right? Am I uh, mischaracterizing what he told you, or you're not? And I was pretty taken aback because he has you as. Um, so we'll just go in order. So there's McLovin, which mm-hmm. I take. I don't think he's the best player here who do you think is the best marv marvin yeah okay it's not dylan uh, for those (laughs) who can't see visually where that came from um i think marvin is because he's the most athletic like mclovin is a better shooter than marvin but marvin can get to the hoop and can make space and he's strong i mean marvin's a strong mclovin actually admitted to me not 20 minutes ago that he he was like he told me because we had played together earlier in the week and he was like you never like look up and i was like yeah well i suck at dribbling and he's like i actually admittedly kind of do the same thing so that is a deficiency self-proclaimed deficiency of mclovin yeah i think that was not for uh public consumption dylan and you're probably going to be out of the league now for uh, breaking (laughs) the league rules it was a good run (laughs) um so yeah, so McLovin's first, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh Jack, the intern, is there. And Jack is um Jack is fast. Yeah. He's got by far the most ups. Yes. In he, in in the air. He can jump. But he's only deadly from six feet or less. Like Jack's inability to shoot from even free throw line, um, he's not consistent. Sometimes the kid always looks good. But he's not consistent at all. I mean, neither am I. But yeah, I don't know. He's so to be ranked all. to be ranked second. You should yeah. be a little yeah. bit. Of he's got a weak constitution too. You can really break him down pretty easily. I um, haven't seen Jack play. Um, is he strong? 
Mar- he's, he's no Mario, but you know. No, I would say he's strong, but he's fast. And that's his game. Like I haven't he hasn't taken me down in the post or anything. His game is more like outside using his quickness. And he's got a great fake. I won't I almost put my arm out of socket trying to block <laughs> his shot. And he just faked me. And so he's quick and he can stop on a dime. I mean, youth. But he, he can play too. All right, Eric, let's keep going down this list. Yeah, so then Marvin's there, which again, I already said, I think he should be number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then Seton, which I would agree. Um, you know, Seton can get, he's got good feet. Um, he's got a pretty pretty consistent shot. Yeah. Um, and then Mario, which you have a very predictable game. Yeah. You, yeah. You like to go to like the low post and then fake that you're going to shoot it and then do like a dribble three steps and then lay up. Yeah. Um, and whenever you do it, you push out steam, like you're a, a steam engine. Like, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, so th- that's okay. Fine. Uh, then I'm there, which I would in no way uh, put myself uh, number five overall. Six. Um, yeah. Six. Sorry. I would not put myself number six overall. Um, you won. I'm- you're a champion. So you're coming off a championship year, which you have to put, you have to, you know, account for that. That's great. Um, I don't think that I contributed all that much. Um, I'm not athletic. I'm not fast and I can't even shoot a layup half the time. So I wouldn't really put myself there. Uh, look, I'm, I'm big, right? I'm tall. I'm big. Uh, I'm loud. I'm goofy. Um, I have a big win. You, you, you have the scream defense. Oh, I, some people play screen defense. I play scream defense. Lethal. Yeah. Um, Lethal. Then Tyler's there, which is good. Tyler is funny because he is so passionate and yet he pretends that he's not. Um, but he's also the biggest flopper by far uh, here. Like, I mean, if he, if you like barely touch him and he thinks that's going to benefit him in some way, he'll fall to the ground and make this big dramatic scene. He's hitting the deck. Yeah. And you're like, dude, come on. Um, and he never gets the call, which is my favorite part. Um, and then there's Dylan, who I mean, I have some some video. We should probably just put it out on on every single social media channel. But of Dylan's jumper jumper, he moves laterally like four feet. He does, and yep. yet it still has at least a fifteen percent success rate. Yeah, I'd say maybe even eighteen. Um, I just, but how are you gonna? What position is that in the rankings? Like eighth? I believe that's correct. Yeah. How are you gonna put the guy who led? The AUAA and steals. That's true. Eight. You do bring value on the defensive side of the court. Yeah. Um, and I average like six or seven points a game. Which is interesting because it's only half a court. So um, <laughs> I think it would be less. <laughs> then Dan G, which I mean, I'm not even sure Dan G would play. I mean, he's not he eligible. the announcer. Yeah, yeah, he's not eligible. And he doesn't, he, if he's not the announcer, he's not going to be here because he's not an intern here anymore. Yeah. So, um, and then Fritzy. Fritzy, which I would put him further down. I think Fritzy scored like, seven i don't know six times maybe in the whole season and it was only because i was guarding him and i just said like statistically it's not worth my effort to go defend him and he happened to have gotten the streak uh going from the spot that mario lost he he had that one game where he literally hit like four hook shots in a row and then i know i was so upset because i was supposed to be guarding i'm like go ahead todd i actually remember screaming it it's on the tape go ahead todd shoot a todd and he did and he got it and i was like damn it todd and, you and got then uh, to round up, yeah, Rob and Weeks, um, you know, and I already said, you know, Rob is just really, really, really small. I mean, you can't be a buck, above a buck 40 mm-hmm. and he's like five, five. Like we played a pickup game in the winter 
or I don't know, remember when it was before COVID really got crazy. And I was defending him and like touching my arm and it's like touching a rock wall, not because it, it's immovable, but because it's so bony and sticking out and you know, like almost don't want to touch it. Um, and then weeks is he puts a lot of effort in, but I mean, he, he makes Guzzi look coordinated on the court and that's <laughs> saying something. Marv. Speaking of that, to piggyback off of what Eric just said, weeks is going to be this year's Guzzi where you're not expecting a ton, but he's going to make a big impact. He's going to be, what do we call it? Scrappy, little scrappy. All right. So we went through the list there. Um, so like, like I said at the beginning, you said that Paul said he would be, what, what did he say? That he'd be ranked in front of me on this list? Yeah. He said that he was not as good as Seton, but was better than Mario. And um, I'm, I don't know if I would really, I don't want to rank myself because if I did, I would rank myself very poor, Mm -hmm. but um, I would argue for sure that Tyler and Dylan and Mario are better than Paul at three on three basketball without doubt. Yeah. I mean, if, if he was better, if he was top five, why wouldn't he just continue to play? Right. Like if he was that confident in himself, he would just continue to play AUA. Right. I mean, that's just my logic with it. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think he's just trying to psych you out. He might have some money on who are the opposing team Mario and he's trying to get in your noggin a little bit before the uh, games tip off. That's a theory. That's a hunch. I'm not basing it on anything, but I'm usually right about that kind of thing. Paul has a, a rhyme and a reason to things. So that could be, that could be a fair assumption there, Dylan. Um, that's all we got this week. We're wrapping it up for a, a fun week, a long week. For Eric the Big German, Marvin the Prince, Dylan the Graphics Guy, myself, my Ariel. Have a good weekend, everyone. <laughs>